Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Jamie. Hi, Caitlin. Let go, let flow. Let, <laughs> you know? Honestly, I felt attacked by that because I was like, yeah, I've probably read whatever the book is that that's referencing. <laughs> I love a little phrase that doesn't change my life. <laughs> I love it. Mm. Except it does. Mm-hmm. In this movie, it does. They let go. They let flow. They do it. And then a bunch of stuff happens. And you can feel whatever way about it you want. <laughs> <laughs> my other intro option was going to be me asking you if you would like to landscape my backyard. Ooh, yes. Which is a sexual euphemism. Yes. Yes. For playing with my butt. Yes. I would love to quote unquote landscape your backyard. Cool. But I'm going to have my gigantic stinky dog around and I'm going to keep being like, you have to come to a garden with me. Is that cool? (laughs) Is that romantic? Do you like that? I love that. Can't wait. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, then we'll do that. Awesome. Anyway. Hi. Welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name's Jamie Loftus, and this is our podcast where we take an intersectional feminist look at your favorite movies. Yeah. We use the Bechdel test as a jumping off point for discussion on this damn podcast, but uh, Caitlin, what is, what is that? Oh, what is oh it? gee whiz, I'll tell you. It okay. is a media metric, sometimes mm-hmm. known as the Bechdel-Wallace test, mm-hmm. created by queer cartoonist Alison Bechdel. In her comic, Dykes to Watch Out For, just as a kind of one-off joke, as it originally appeared in her comic, but has since been kind of co-opted into this media metric that is pretty widely used, including us on this show. Um, and there are many variations of the test. The one we use is this. Two characters of a marginalized gender have to have names, they have to speak to each other, and the conversation has to be about something other than a man 
And ideally, it's a narratively substantial conversation. Yes. Which, spoiler alert for this movie, there's plenty of it. Yeah. But some of them are kind of funny. We have some funny passes in this one, and I'm excited to talk (laughs) about them. With our amazing returning guest, the all-timer. Let's get her in here. I think your sixth appearance on the show? Yes. This is my sixth appearance, (laughs) which means I've been following... And I know that Lacey Mosley yeah. has five, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know me, so this is completely in my head and one-sided. But I was like, Mosley, the Mobley, I'm gonna win this, <laughs> and you're in first place. Uh- yes. <laughs> I'm there, and I'm there for the pay-per-view. <laughs> like, we could oh do it. Gosh. It would be great. <laughs> Um, But let's introduce you properly. She's a comedian. You've seen her on The Tonight Show. Her album, Follow-Up Question, just came out. It's Kenise Mobley. Hi. Hello. It's so nice to see you guys. Welcome back. It's great to see you, you. too. Thank you. I can't believe we, uh, I mean, just a little peek inside Kenise's life for the listeners. We're catching Kenise fresh off a trip to Margaritaville. So (laughs) truly the best, I'm sure you're in uh, high spirits, never felt better in your life. There were so many, because it's in Times Square, it's like up several levels. And at every escalator, there was a person who just shouted at us, welcome to Margaritaville. (laughs) So it was very clear where we were. There was a light show on the hour Mm -hmm. where they play the song Margaritaville. There's a Statue of Liberty. She's holding something. And it turns out it can be a glass of what? Margaritas. And so there's a whole projection thing. There's whales and dolphins. It's it's a lot. Whoa. It's a lot of restaurant is what I will say. It's so much restaurant because, I mean, I guess that there's a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons, I know you haven't had your food yet, is to to distract you from how disgusting the food is. Ooh. <laughs> in my, in my opinion. fired. Honestly, that's fair because when you look at the menu, they have a little warning triangle with a salt shaker in it. If the amount of sodium in the meal is more than your daily allowance of sodium oh and most God. of the meals have this warning of sodium next to it because most of them if you eat oh. this it will exceed your daily amount of sodium that you should be having wow i really love yeah. garbage so much <laughs> i just love trash in the mouth that is wonderful thank you for that information yes. i've seen those triangles and i've just blazed past them never looked at what they were for your death. What a treat. They're for your death. Yes. <laughs> they're for they're why I'm losing years of my life. Happily so too. <laughs> Ready to go. Um, yeah, willingly. Um yes. I don't think I've ever been to a Margaritaville. Oh, Caitlin. This is my first in, time. There's one at, there's one at City Walk. We could go any time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know I've seen it. I've seen it every damn time I've gone to Universal Studios, Hollywood, which has been and yet, twenty times. And where are you where are you going? I, where are you going? Uh, are you going to Oh, you're a millionaire going to Bubba Gump? <laughs> <laughs> no, I usually eat at Cletus's Chicken Shack at oh. Simpsons World in the park. Uh, yeah, I see. Well, you know, it's not it's not great to hear. It doesn't feel good to hear. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I think I got a burger with you in the Simpsons restaurant. Yeah, Whoa. we probably went to Krusty Burger. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never gotten food in Simpsons land. That's fascinating. I was trying to think of what the universal good. hot dog is. They don't really have a signature oh. one. 
But Mm -hmm. in Orlando, because I went to both city walks last year, because I really do love garbage in the mouth. Yeah. And in Orlando, they have a huge outdoor restaurant called the Hot Dog Hall of Fame, where you can get a foot-long hot dog. You can get hot dog with shrimp on it. You you can get a lot of nasty little things. Oh, my god! Why would you do that? (laughs) You really shouldn't do that. When I ordered the the, the shrimp hot dog, they were like, we don't serve a lot of these. And I was like... All right, bring it. Okay. And well, anyway, that's a perfect transition. <laughs> I was like, I would, there's no hot dogs in this movie, so that wasn't a transition of any sort. However, mm. we have a movie to discuss. It's 2006's Something New. Yes, indeed. Kenise, what is your history with this movie? Uh, so I think I saw this movie in theaters. I've owned this movie on DVD since yes. 2006. I want to say 2007 when it came out on DVD. Based on this movie and other properties, I assumed that being a woman in your 30s meant that you automatically had a group of four female friends. Mm -hmm. That was just part of it. Because it's this, it's sex in the city, it's girlfriends, it's living single, all of these things. Mm -hmm. It's like there are four women, obviously. (laughs) One of them is a little hornier than the others. And they all Mm -hmm. hang out. Why? Why are they friends? We're never sure. That's not clear. Yeah. How they became friends, what they have in common. I don't know. They all have rich people jobs. They all have fantastic jobs Mm -hmm. in this movie. Mm -hmm. Accountant, doctor, uh, judge, some probably a a fourth one. Yeah. Yeah. A fourth thing. Yeah. (laughs) A fourth fancy thing. Yeah. I love, I do love like all the shows you're describing. I, and I went on a full girlfriend's binge during the lockdown, but I love like the, the like sex in the city girlfriends, like, around the table just saying kind of like confusing things to each other about they're like are we dying is life worth living or not and you're like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally they have those conversations but like i could not answer in girlfriends what are their shared interests oh like my what God. do they like to do mm-hmm. what is the joy in their lives i don't i don't know it i'm trying to remember which pair of characters and girlfriends there's like at some point in the series there's like a contradiction of like how they met like they say they met in one way in season one and then in season three for plot reasons it's totally different i'm like oh i guess i don't know we live in a void they they didn't know that i would have access to knowing the mistake (laughs) in the future (laughs) yeah i feel like the friendship and in this movie too, the four friends is similarly, I don't know, underdeveloped. Yeah. But yeah. So Kenise, you saw this in theaters, you bought the DVD, mm-hmm. you have a, a long history with the movie. Yes. I liked it and I still like parts of it, but parts of it are like I think we're past this, right? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. hopefully as a society, we're not like oh white man <laughs> What? Also, and we'll get into the synopsis of the film. Caitlin, I'm so excited for your wrap up. But in the first, what is it, 14 minutes, when we've established who the character is and everything, when they meet for a blind date at a Starbucks. At a Starbucks. Oh, my God. I was like, strike fucking one. What? (laughs) And it's busy. It's a a busy Starbucks. And they're like, this is where we go on our first date. Mm. I'm sorry. The way that made me like angry like viscerally 
because they're in Los Angeles where there are tons of restaurants and cafes. Yeah. But they choose Starbucks. (laughs) It was painful. I have to imagine it was like, oh, we will get money from Starbucks to help fund the budget of this movie if we have it. I don't know that for sure, but I have to imagine. I feel like it would have had to have been because they showed the leg. They kept cutting back to the sign. To the sign. Yes. They kept reminding you. And then like (laughs) the the logo is always facing the front. I'm like, okay, this is product placement, (laughs) but why would you make it such a busy? I mean, they're like, oh, and Starbucks is so popular right now. So of course there's going to be a lot of people there. But you're like, this seems like a really stressful. It didn't make me want to go on a date at Starbucks. I feel like you would if you were full sunlight ah oh. yeah oh. Caitlin it kind of looked like the Starbucks near your house to me a little bit <sighs> thank you <laughs> and and I didn't like it I, it was really busy oh, and, and it, no, no. oh um, do you mean the the Starbucks in Los Feliz which is called out by name in this movie that neighborhood because he's like oh I just finished mm-hmm. up a landscaping job in Los Feliz yes and not to dox myself, but that is the neighborhood I live in. So, <laughs> brag. I've been to that Starbucks. It was fun. Yeah. It was like all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too busy. Anyway. Too busy. <laughs> There's, uh, I, it's so funny. Like the reasons that the movie is telling you that this couple may not be compatible when there's so many reasons available <laughs> so many reasons <laughs> you're just like why right. not yeah. these people yeah, yeah. but you you're a long time you're a long time viewer of something new a long time viewer of this film yes 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 okay jamie what about you I've known about this movie for a long time, but I had never seen it before we were uh, prepping for this episode. And I'm excited to talk about it. I feel like it's like there's, I don't know, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff here. And I also agree with you, Kenise, where you're like, you know, you can feel the 06 on this movie pretty heavily. Yes. I appreciate what it's trying to do. And it's doing a lot of it in a in a pretty dated way. But I'm excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, what, uh, what was your history with something new? Same as yours. I hadn't seen it before prepping. And I don't even know if it was really on my radar until we started getting requests for it mm. at some point during the show. But uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. And I'm excited to get into it. I was ex- I knew about this director because she's a very iconic music video director. Sanaa Hamri. Yeah. I knew her from music videos, but also Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. An extremely traveling pants movie. Yeah. (laughs) Extremely traveling movie. Yeah. But she, I mean, if you look at her music video resume, holy shit. It's like she started in her like early 20s directing Mariah Carey videos, Mm -hmm. made a bunch of those, then did Destiny's Child, Kelly Rowland, Jay-Z, The A-Teens. That's a deep cut. Solange. Mm -hmm. Prince, Seal, Jadakiss, like Lenny Kravitz, I saw Joss wow. Stone, remember her? I do. She did the Super Bass music video, like okay, geez. this makes a lot more sense. I did not know her history as a music video director, but the things I think I like the most about this movie and its direction are very like music video type of style. So this mm-hmm. makes me very, very happy. Mm-hmm. I thought that the sex scenes in this movie were very music video in a way that I thought was fun. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we're doing foot stuff. Yeah. Foot cool. stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, and she's done a ton of T. Te- I think she does mostly TV now. She did a ton yeah, of like she's... Empire and Shameless. Like she's mm-hmm. working. Nice. Indeed. Right. Shall I do the recap? Let's do it. 
Okay, actually, let's take a quick break first, and then we will come right back. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Also, Christina Aguilera and Sting. Sorry. I just oh. was like, she's directed so many music videos. Wow. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay, here is the recap of Something New. We open on a wedding where the groom and guests abruptly leave Kenya McQueen, that's Sanaa Lathan, at the altar. But it was just a dream. Haha. <laughs> Kenya wakes up. We are in Los Angeles ever heard of it mm-hmm. it is valentine's day she has a busy work day but no romantic evening plans at work her friend her, her colleague leah tries to set her up on a blind date with this guy named brian but kenya is like mm, pass yeah she then goes out with she never yells at leah for setting it up at a starbucks yeah i really feel like we should have gotten a follow-up with leah with like okay what are you <laughs> what were you thinking ma'am the first date thing pisses me off but i do like and i took 
Caitlin's screenwriting class because Caitlin's a oh wonderful God. teacher. <gasps> and we talked about developing character in the first section of the script. And I do like how they do very quickly establish that obviously she wants to be married, that her life is a certain way. She wakes up and it's just disappointment on her face, mm -hmm. um, which begs a very important question that I will get into later. Why? <laughs> this woman likes nothing. This woman has no interest. <laughs> this woman... <laughs> There's nothing about this woman except she is an accountant. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's all you need to know about her. She's an accountant. We do hear a lot about what she doesn't like and not yes. a lot about what that was something that I was like, I kept waiting to be like, okay, what is her secret passion? Or like, why does she, it seems like she really enjoys her job. What about it? Like what got her into it? And nope. but we don't learn a lot about what she likes. We, we, she's, she, I don't know. But then it's weird because it's like she's introduces like a more optimistic character where she's like, I believe that I am going to get love. But then it's like, but I don't know. It's bizarre. But then she rejects love all the time. I mean, I love that. I, I love. Uh, oh, we're rejecting the call. Yeah, of course. You're going to want to reject the call. In what ways is she, like that's the thing like the options where it's like her before they meet at the Starbucks. She runs into these black guys who are standing outside and it's like. All the options are bad. Uh, like, uh, what love is she turning down that was like reasonable and we we're led to leave, believe that she's unreasonable? It's just like, no, she doesn't want to date the guy with the super long Ooh. pinky nail that probably does a lot of cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> it's, uh, it's literally, I mean, if that was, if we were supposed to believe she was unreasonable for not wanting to date any of the men at that extremely busy Starbucks, I don't know what to tell the world. <laughs> like, it's, that is a very common experience. Right. And yeah, I, I thought it was, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's weird. Oh, the first, I was going to say that the first um, very funny 2006 Bechtel test pass um, is her talking to Leah about wedding dresses and Kenya telling Leah that she should choose a dress that she likes better that means that she'll be very uncomfortable in it. And I was like, well, mm. it does pass, but but at what cost? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so then Kenya goes out with her three friends because all adult women have exactly three friends and they all hang out together yes. all the time. <laughs> and who knows how they met? Can you, can you, I'm so glad you said Not that. Important. Not important. Yeah. No. Or, or what they have in common as far as like interests <laughs> don't, don't, go. Don't get into yeah. that. <laughs> um, but her friends are Suzette played by Golden Brooks, Cheryl played by Wendy Raquel Robinson and Nedra played by Taraji P. Henson. They talk about how they are among the 42% of black women who are educated professionals who are also unmarried. Mm. Kenya's friends criticize her for having standards that are too high because she has this list of criteria for her ideal black man. I went to a historically black college and I remember like the first week of college uh -huh. in some sort of big presentation someone did tell us and at a historically black college the ratio is often more women than men at my mm -hmm. college specifically it was eight to one wow oh, wow and <laughs> yes they were like you black women are getting degrees which means that if you are unmarried by the time that you are 35 you are more likely to die in a plane crash than to ever get married uh. that and just underlining that, starting when I was 18, just making sure I was aware, um, hey, you're choosing education and therefore 18 will years old. be unlovable, just so you know. Oh, my gosh. That is so 
aggressive and despicable. <laughs> I I thought it was interesting that like that I because it reminded me of I'm trying to remember is it Sleepless in Seattle where Carrie Fisher is Meg Ryan's friend where they brought up another yes. statistic and the thing is most of those statistics are made up to scare women and make them feel bad like yeah. the I remember like famously there's like a something like you're more likely to be killed in a terrorist attack than get married after 30 something <laughs> was like a famous yeah but that was like on the cover of like life magazine in like mm-hmm. the 70s or 80s like it's just like we just need to make women feel as bad as possible so they'll date these garbage men I yeah feel like so it's that they'll right. lower their standards yes <sighs> it sucks let us be garbage <laughs> that's what men are saying to me <laughs> and then i'm like yes let's go to margaritaville um, but... <laughs> oh my god he paid for my dinner at margaritaville I... he's a keeper yeah i love him but i thought it was like interesting that this scene gets more specific and like talks about black women in their 30s specifically but they never I I was waiting for them to bust the numbers but then the number just kept getting more specific in a way that was more aggressive towards them and then the scene ended (laughs) it was like oh no right um so because Kenya's standards are so high her friends encourage her to be more open-minded they say let go let flow that's like the new motto of all the gals in the group sounds like a tampon commercial but i was like i'll let's roll with this <laughs> yes <laughs> or let go stop flow would be tampons st- stop flow right? maybe a bad <laughs> tampon commercial <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so because Kenya decides to like take her friend's advice she decides to go on this blind date after all and it ends up being with this guy named Brian, played by Simon Baker. But she's immediately uncomfortable, perhaps because she's at the most crowded Starbucks of all time. Perhaps. <laughs> but she's uncomfortable and she leaves almost immediately. And you get the sense that the reason is that she is not interested in dating a white man. Then she goes to Leah's engagement party and she's like, wow, this landscaping is amazing. I want landscaping like this for my backyard. As one does. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And guess who's there? It's Brian. And he's like, I heard you like my landscaping. (laughs) I love how they have like five different meet cutes and they're all boring. Like, it's like, yes, we met at Starbucks. She liked my landscaping. I'm like, yeah, guys, ugh, we, we gotta find a better meeting story. And she's having like a panic attack at each one because he's like, I heard you like my landscaping. And she's like, um, never mind. I have to go. Yeah. But she decides to hire him for his services. So he yeah. shows up. He starts brainstorming ideas. But she continues to be, you know, quote unquote, high strung. At one point, a spider gets in her hair or she thinks a spider is in her hair and she like has a meltdown. Basically, she's just not really being her best self around Brian. Well, to be fair, before that spider thing happens, this is something Brian does a lot where it's like, I think I was like, oh, this is very like 06 slightly coercive romance where he's like you're coming to the this garden with me and she's like no I'm not it's 2 p.m I am at work I'm working right now and he's like you're coming to this garden with me and she's like I guess I'm going to this garden with you and then that's kind of how they go on all of their dates the way later he's like and now you're going hiking with me yeah and she explicitly was like like on a date because if it's a date I'm not interested and he's like 
it's it's just you're hiking. hiking with me and she's like well i fucking hate hiking so i don't want to go and also the clothes they both wear while they're hiking are not appropriate hiking wear oh. no he's really like brian i feel like really is like living up to the vibe that his name gives off. he's really <laughs> brianing out because he's just yeah, like a weird guy <sighs> truly yeah. okay so meanwhile at work kenya is being considered for partner I it took me a while to figure out what her actual job was. She's yes. an accountant, right? But yes, I didn't know. I didn't know accountants could be partners, right? And she works Accountant's at a place firm, and a firm, oh, a firm has partners. Oh. I think I don't know anything about it. I, I was like, is that true? Because I was like, I I just wrote down like might be question mark. Don't know. Firm equals partners. I was like, does everything that's business work exactly like a law firm? I thought she was a lawyer for a while, but then they Same. kept saying accounting. Well, because the firm that she works at sounds like the name of a law yes. firm because it's just a bunch of people's last names. I don't remember what they are, but her mom makes. Well, neither did her mom. It. It's something like her mom is yeah. like, yeah, you work at bippity boppity and boop or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Alfred Woodard too, and you're just like, yeah. Yes. Oh, it's I, uh, I. I was. I. I love her so much, and I was also like, wow, they really gave her a pretty thankless mom role here, where oh she's just gosh. like, yep, my daughter has to get married, and <laughs> like, that's all of the lines. And then she's like, brb, I gotta go shopping because I love shopping. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then, ah, uh, there, well, I, sorry, everything's coming out now, but it's always like in rom coms or like any coming of age ish story for women, the dad always gets the cathartic speech. He always gets to be like yep. the reasonable one. And I love the dad character in this movie, but I was also mm -hmm. like, it's always the dad that's like, my baby deserves the world. And she's like, ah, uh, you're right. I'm going to go find brian oh. yep <laughs> ay, ay, ay. and put him in a mariachi suit we'll get to it but, oh, yeah. but why with a what? over a t-shirt over yeah t -shirt. is this necessary no <laughs> um okay so she's an accountant we think and she's considered <laughs> does it matter at all what she does not quite i mean no. in the grand tradition of uh, women in rom-coms having jobs that you're like is that a job this movie very much follows at least she's not a curator at a museum or works at a fashion magazine true or an undercover journalist at a fashion magazine who must sleep with the scoop yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> So her being made partner is contingent on this account she's working on for this guy named Pino, but he doesn't seem to trust that Kenya can do a good job because he's racist and also probably sexist. Probably. Back at home, Brian has started doing the landscaping job. Kenya is looking at his muscles. Then her brother Nelson, played by Donald Faison, shows up and he's like, you need a boyfriend. He jump scares into the movie. He's <laughs> yes. It's the most Donald Faison entrance ever because he's just like, wow. Like, he just slams into a, a pane of glass. You're like, oh, it's Turk. Yes. <laughs> <He> is, <laughs> right. And then he, he shows up with his girlfriend, and the running joke there is that every scene he's in, he has a different girlfriend. But he shows up with the first girlfriend. But he's like, hey, sister, you need a boyfriend. And also, you went on a blind date with a white guy. That's disgusting. Well, how did he know that? Right? 
It was Epso- was a spy at the Starbucks. I didn't even think of that. Whoa! Sure. How did he know that? How did he know? Oh, bizarre character. Um. Anyway, so Kenya and her brother Nelson meet up with their parents to celebrate their mom's birthday. They go to this dance performance that's very sensual, and it's very sensual. And it seems, which kind of an awkward thing to see with your parents. Yeah. Especially because it seems to awaken something in Kenya. This dance makes her horny. <laughs> I mean, it's a really beautiful. I was trying to look. I couldn't find. I looked. I was like, who are those dancers? What dance mm. company is that? Can I watch more? Couldn't figure it out. Mm. But and then that was I mean, that's also a very music. You're like, oh, of course she directed music videos. That yes. was like a sexy music video in the middle mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah, that's great. Like that. And when it's showing the showcase, uh, like those close up of Brian's muscles as he's working, yes. all those like little touches that have like artistry in what is otherwise a very traditional rom-com i liked those a lot Mm -hmm. i really i love a music video to director pivot it just works except when it's mcg and then it doesn't (laughs) you didn't like uh, charlie's angels one and two you didn't like those i mean i do i do have a huge soft spot for charlie's angels one i will i have to admit but I can't, I can't, uh, I can't uh, vouch for McG. I don't have enough vouch. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there not a kind of random dance scene in the episode that we covered with you, Kenise, before this one? And she's got to have it. Isn't there a scene where like they watch a dance? This sounds familiar. Yes, it's because the whole most of the movies in black and white, except for this dance in color. <gasps> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, a very different like filmed dance scene, but yeah, wow. Okay, I'm sensing patterns. Listeners, think Knees Mobley dance break. Think it, think, <laughs> make that a thing. Okay. Start associating. Yeah. Yeah. New merch yeah. coming out soon. Like, let's get the let's get the ball rolling on that. Yeah, let's let's make it happen. <laughs> okay, so she's horny now because she watched this dance. Then one night, Brian is working late on her backyard. She orders them takeout. They have some wine together. They talk about romance and dating. And she's like, I prefer dating black men. And he's like, well, I like all women. And she's, I like that she kind of, I, in a way that I felt I agreed with. She was like, oh, ew. <laughs> you know? And you're, she's like, or she's like, oh, so you're like. You're a, a player. A piece of shit. Yeah. 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 And, and he's like, no, no. I'm, I'm, no, all, I'm, no. I'm just I'm just Brian don't worry about it You're like, okay. sure dude um, yeah. and then there's the scene where he makes her go hiking despite her many protests and it gets romantic because it starts pouring rain so they need to like of go to a tree and and kiss yeah that's necessary in the rainstorm mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. got it got it but as he's dropping her off back home, she's like, this is not going to go any further. Bye. But then he comes into her house yep. and they kiss passionately and they have sex. And he paints her toenails. Yes. Right. I was like, he does. He does. He like, I was like, wow, WikiFeet was just not around then because <laughs> I just don't think you would see that in a movie today. Wait, Jamie, are you on WikiFeet? I am on. I have five stars. Thank you for asking. You have wow. five stars. Yeah, Caitlin, are you on WikiFeet? 
I've never looked, but I don't <laughs> imagine I am, but I don't know. I'm on Wiki feet, and you I'm are? so mad that I'm only three and like a quarter stars. My oh, feet are what? bad, apparently. That's what the internet has voted, that I have Rude. bad feet. Yes. See, I I would like to just pause it. My feet are pretty gross, and they seem to like that. So mm. it may just be a compliment to your feet because I... No, <laughs> I have like little, like I call them hobbit feet. They're just like, they don't have a real shape. They're flat. They're just like a weird triangle that's at the base of me. They're yeah. giant tufts of fur on them like hobbits. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I don't want to get into it. That's, 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 that's besides the point. But uh, yeah, I've got hobbit feet in there for uh, 3.25 or something. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I got hair on my toes, but they just don't give a shit. There's a, there's a new, uh, there's a new foot website someone told me about called girlfoot.com, which it just feels <laughs> too on the nose. Yeah. But I checked and it's real and okay. got a page there too. I'm going to look at it after this, see if I'm on there, see if I'm similarly lowly ranked. Come on. I hope you're pulling a five over on girlfoot. Who knows what they're doing over there? I, I'm going to have to like hire a photographer to take photos of me with my feet in it mm-hmm. just so that I can get a higher foot rating on wiki feet. Maybe. That's, and then you're playing right into their Damn it. Hand, feet. Oh. You're playing right into the, the soles of their feet. Wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what they want. <laughs> okay. So meanwhile in the movie, Kenya and Brian have had sex. The next morning, they're doing pillow talk. And he asks about her hair. He's not sure how weaves work. And this prompts her to realize that this relationship with this white guy and their cultural differences will never work. So she tells him to leave. And she also fires him as her landscaper. Bad. Don't do that, (laughs) employers. It does seem like he's almost done. (laughs) He, He does. Yes. Yeah. And then her friends are like, Kenya, if he can dick you down well, who cares if he's white? Go for it. Let go, let flow. I love that the white is the problem, not the doesn't listen when I say I don't want to do things, or the fact that he like lets his he brings his dog to work. I don't know. There's lots of issues. Right. He, he's yeah, also the white thing. The white thing. The, he's extremely condescending to her on many occasions. Yeah, he's like coercive in the activities that he wants her to do. Just like all this stuff. They don't even know each other well. And he's like, yeah, you're too uptight. And she says, does it show? And I don't no. know why that made me so mad. Like, Same. You don't, bitch, you don't know me. What are you talking about? Also, are you doing your job? Like, yeah. get out of my house. It's none of your business. Yeah, Leave like, me alone. It's nighttime. Why are you here? <laughs> They're, uh, I really hated how he talked to her about her hair. And then, but and then like every time he does something like that, he'll then be like, what and you're like brian i have a whole list <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> so her friends are like but he's got a good dick so who cares and so she decides to keep seeing him i'm sorry <laughs> if the dick was bad could she still be racist <laughs> like if the dick is bad you're right kenya it's just right off white boys entirely <laughs> it's... that one dick the whole thing's bad get rid of it Who knows? Um, She decides to keep seeing him. She also has her weave taken out. Then there's a montage of them being cute and romantic together. This is when he paints her toenails. They go to a comedy show where S'more is doing stand-up. She does a whole set. (laughs) She does a whole set. Very funny set. I enjoyed it a lot. I did too. I was laughing. 
But some of her friends are skeptical about Kenya being with a white guy, especially Walter, played by Mike Epps. And also, there's a scene where Kenya has to explain the black tax to Brian, where because of systemic racism, black people have to work twice as hard just to prove they are equal. And he's like, what? I had no idea. And then he did, oh, he did the Brian thing where, yeah. <laughs> where he, where he's like, are you sure? Are you sure you're not being dramatic? Or like, are you sure you're not like paranoid? Paranoid. Oh my God. He literally was like, are you sure you're not being hysterical? And she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, okay. You're like, sure. Fucking Brian. There's just so many reasons to not, to not be rooting for Brian. <laughs> I'm rooting against Truly. both of them, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> She has a nothing personality. He's kind of a person. Blah. Do they deserve each other? Maybe. I did write down. I was like, these people are two different flavors of boring. Mm. And like, <laughs> they want to. I like, so that does. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I, this is probably something I've done where you're like, wow, a different kind of boring than me. <laughs> it must mean it's interesting. And then yes. you're like, no, it's just not my boring. It's yeah. that person's Too boring. <laughs> and that can work. Two borings cancel out and make an interesting. Um, He's like, have you ever heard of like aquamarine paint? I'm like, oh my God, these two. And she's like, no, I'm too boring. I only like beige. And we're she like, only likes oh, beige. Yeah, beige is my favorite. <laughs> It's silly. Oh, okay, Kenya. so then Kenya throws a housewarming party. Her brother, Nelson, is trying to set her up with this guy, Mark, played by Blair Underwood, yeah. who Nelson had invited to the party. So they meet, and Mark asks her out, but she's like, uh, I don't know. Meanwhile, Kenya is starting to question her relationship with Brian, especially when he brushes her off wanting to talk about race and the microaggressions she's experiencing at work. There's this scene in a grocery store uh, where she gives a few monologues that I want to examine more closely, but basically they break up. So Kenya goes out with Mark and they hit it off and they have a lot in common. But a couple weeks later, Brian shows up and apologizes to Kenya. He wants to make things work, but she's like, nah, I met someone. He says, I love you. He does say that. He really goes for it. How long were they dating? I'm sorry. How long did this landscaping job take for him to say that? I'm sorry. Unclear. Her, her backyard is not that big. I don't no. understand. Maybe a few weeks. Okay. I'm not sure. Maybe. Okay. And then he puts the most 2006 looking fountain I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like... The kind of fountains he was installing, they're looking pretty rough these days. They yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're looking <laughs> kind of old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she keeps seeing Mark, but something doesn't feel quite right. He's perfect on paper, but she doesn't feel any spark. So she breaks up with him. How long? Because they meet him. Like her parents meet him. Mm -hmm. How long are they dating? The timeline for everything okay, <laughs> is very confusing. Like, oh, what? Not sure. And Kenya's friends are like, well, if you felt that spark with Brian, then maybe reconsider. Mm -hmm. But Brian has gotten back together with his ex-girlfriend, Penelope. Then at work, Kenya is made partner. After she stands up for herself, she like mm -hmm. does. I think that there's like a, a microsecond of tension where she stands up for herself during a meeting where she's once again being treated in a very racist misogynist way and then yeah. she goes back and you're like oh i like i honestly i was i kind of i liked that she did get the promotion and it went the correct rom-com way because i was like if she leaves her i'll be so 
pissed for her but then she does she gets you know the the guy never apologizes for being racist the whole movie but he's like Mm-mm. hey your partner so i guess i'm redeemed whatever my name is and you're like all right right yeah okay movie <laughs> then kenya goes with her family to a cotillion which is something i only know about because rose talks about it in titanic Oh, okay. She's like, it was going to be an endless parade of parties and cotillions. And I was like, wow, that must mean fancy party. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's my, just fa- like- my sister did that. Really? Really? Yes. Whoa. My older sister, not my twin sister, because that'd be messed up. Uh, where it's like <laughs> she got to do it and they were like, nah, we don't think you need to be introduced to society in such a way. So, yeah. But my older sister did it. She had a white cotillion dress, long gloves. There was a guy. There was lots of conversations around it. Yeah. Whoa. It just means that there's pictures in my mom's house of my older sister in a cool dress and a lot of other black teenagers just trying to be fancy. It is like a teenager thing, right? Because you're like a debutante. You're being debuted. Yeah. All these people in this movie seem to be adults. So like the ones. I think they're attending it because I think it's like in a community event. Um, Yeah. But I don't think she's not supposed to be in this like wave of people who are being introduced to society. I don't think. Okay, I get it. No, because she because she shows Brian a picture of herself when she was debuted when she was a teenager so i think yeah she's it's like she's attending as a community member because then they also show like just a random music video montage of teenagers walking down the being like i'm a woman now you can marry me or whatever it's supposed to mean i don't (laughs) is that is that what it's for i don't quite understand i think it's the same thing as that yeah it's like okay these are the season's eligible ladies who are fresh and new um look at these Oh. Number of women who are fresh and new, pick one, marry her. I don't know. These are the people who is acceptable to have kids with. Don't have kids with other people. They're gross. <laughs> Poor people are gross. Get them out of here. Um, so, and then at this cotillion, Kenya is getting drunk and she's like loudly roasting it. She's like, good <laughs> luck finding love. <laughs> and Pretty just, she's kind of like calling out the classism of it all. Yeah. And then she goes to the bathroom and starts crying because she misses brian or something how long ago did they break up (laughs) i don't know what timeline unclear yes and then her dad comes in to the restroom and he's like he shouldn't do yeah but then he's like i'm a doctor because another woman (laughs) comes into the like ladies restroom and he's just like i've seen it all i've done it all (laughs) i'm a doctor i can be here um and so her dad is like look love is an adventure i can tell that you love brian so go do something about it so kenya gets in her brother's jaguar or something and she races off she finds brian and she's like you're the one that i want i can be myself around you and you love me the way i am isn't he dating someone at this time (laughs) yes he's still with penelope i think but she's like, I love you. And he's like, well, I love you too. And I never stopped loving you. And then they kiss, kiss, kiss. Why were you dating Penelope then? <laughs> he's like, fuck you, he... Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? She's like, I was minding my own business and you came back into my life. What? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it is bizarre that he gets back with his long-term ex. Like that's yes. that's a hard left. That's a hard yeah. left. Don't do that. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> grow up, Brian. So they kiss and then she brings him back to the cotillion and they dance and then they cut to their wedding, the end. So 
Let's take a break and we will come back to discuss. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Where to start? I mean, I just wanted to start by, like, shouting out, like, the the key creatives mm. in this movie. So we do have, we have, we've already given the full list of works from <laughs> Sana Hamri, who is really cool. She also has, I didn't know anything about her background, but she's, um, she's Moroccan by birth. She's half Jewish. She's, like, she's got a really... Um, multicultural background and she's a music video director but this is like it's a you know it's a movie about black women in their 30s made by women of color around that age even though the director wasn't even 30 which made me feel great about myself Mm. we also have a um kind of like legendary tv writer who is also a black woman uh her name's chris turner i didn't know her Mm -hmm. by name but she wrote on kind of every show for a while. She wrote on Everybody Hates Chris. She wrote on Sister Sister. She wrote on The Cosby Show. She wrote on Living Single. So she had the four mm-hmm. friends uh, system down already. I'm also seeing Bernie Mac show. Bernie Mac show, Whoopi. Home Economics. She's Home working economics. right now. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
So she's like a legendary. She, she's mostly in TV, but I, I just thought it was cool that it was like, oh, this is what we talk about all the time of like random white guys or white women taking the reins on stories that don't uh, that aren't theirs. Um, so and how you can tell. And yeah. for this movie, I mean, it is trying to do some stuff. And I think it probably would have been kind of groundbreaking for 2006. Yes. Um, luckily, we have moved past. Uh, we have moved past <laughs> this, and that's encouraging. Um, yes. Because, like, mainstream rom coms skew so white. Mm. And so there's kind of. It wouldn't occur to anyone, like any of the characters, to address anything like racism. Yeah. Because, like, rom coms operate on a premise of. There needs to be something keeping these characters from being fully together until the very end. Something needs to be getting in the way. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, especially with like hyper white rom-coms, it will be like a lie or a misunderstanding or Mm. a bet. Think of like how to lose a guy in 10 days while you were sleeping. Those like teen rom-coms of the 90s, like 10 Things I Hate About You or She's All That. There's all these like kind of very Mm -hmm. contrived, like very like movie things Mm -hmm. that never happen in real life or like a person that's like most of the j-lo ones except in made in manhattan it's class Class. or is it a lie is she lying in made in manhattan is she pretending oh yeah she's pretending to be rich yeah she's pretending to be a lady who's staying at the hotel versus a lady who works there she was invisible before but now because she's presumably on a fur the coat. exact same person but wearing a nice coat she yeah. is fancy and therefore deserving of love yes mm-hmm. right it's a class-based lie yes yeah <laughs> so okay. it's always things like that whereas in this movie the thing that's getting in the way is far more grounded and realistic and, and happens in real life which is like tension from being in an interracial relationship does the movie handle this amazingly well? No. I would say probably not. It could go Maybe deeper. well for then, but for, well, Yes, right. I think we've had, as a society, much better conversations about race. We're not done. But we've right. had better conversations around it. And so the expectations are also different. Because sure. truly, if today a man was like, I don't know, maybe you're being sensitive. I'd be like, fuck you. Fuck off. <laughs> Like it's uh, it is there is still like the classic rom-com implication that like he quote unquote fixes her with his Mm. mediocre coercion tactics. (laughs) I was like with his magic penis, he adds color to her (laughs) life. Right. But yeah, it was very rare for a rom-com from the mid 2000s to address things like microaggressions and white privilege and things like that. So I was surprised that it was having those conversations. For me, this movie felt like, I don't know, it it felt like uh, two things being true at one time a lot of the times. Where like in 06, I can't think of another movie that was even attempting this discussion. I like that it's being attempted. There's one. Ooh, what is it? Guess who with Aston Kutcher and Bernie Mac? Oh my God, I've seen Where they are that. similarly dealing with a white guy, black girl, Bernie mm-hmm. Mac as the father. But it is not good. <laughs> I was going to say something more educated than that, but genuinely that movie is not good, nor uh-huh. does it say 
anything particularly meaningful about the black experience. It's just they've swapped it because it's supposed to be like a new version of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Guess Who's Coming to right. Dinner, uh, right. And while that one was supposed to like push boundaries and be a conversation starter, this one was not. <laughs> that is Yeah, so I don't think anyone really remembers Guess Who. And they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. <laughs> I do remember that. Ashton Kutcher really was working back then. I feel like <laughs> He, sh- he didn't deserve to meet Bernie Mac, but that's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> and then Zoe, Zoe Saldana is yeah. the woman that... Zoe Saldana wouldn't marry Ashton Kutcher. Be serious. Yeah. In his uh, dreams. Well, in 2006, maybe that was... Maybe, yeah. He was punked and she was just center stage. What? No. And she was... No. Wow, she was True. crossroads. Oh, yeah. Oh, how times have changed. Yeah. Um, well, in comparison, if that then something new is groundbreaking, revolutionary, never been done before, um, right? But I do like it was. I, I wanted to go back to like how this movie was reviewed or like received at the time because it seemed to be received pretty well. And again, like another gigantic issue of the two thousands and still today, but less so than before, is like you still have just vastly majority white movie critics yes and so all of this needs to be taken with a gigantic (laughs) grain of salt uh because you're like well i don't know how we should feel about how you know roger ebert feels about this topic Mm -hmm. although he gave this movie a terrific review okay yeah that's three and a half out of four stars because to me this is the same level as silver linings playbook (laughs) and silver linings playbook got a lot of awards Mm. And to me, I put those on the, these on the same footings where there's a salsa dancing competition. Are we a 70s episode of the Brady Bunch? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, um, I think that like the, the movie was received pretty positively. I mean, it was received as a rom-com of like, this is a really like I've never seen a rom-com explore these themes. But it the, but the tone of a lot of the reviews, I just like I don't feel good or bad about it. But I was like, that's oh, interesting. Like. They all mention like I've never seen this topic even attempted in this genre before, and I was like, "Oh, I guess that like yeah, that that is a big thing." But also, mm-hmm. we can hold the truth of Brian sucks. <laughs> Brian, okay, Brian sucks. <laughs> but but Kenya also kind of sucks, dude. Like, think of your friend groups. None of you would hang out with her because she no, doesn't have any interest <laughs> or perspective or a visual style or any. She's nothing outside of that. She works really hard, which is great. But what is she? What is she like? Is she funny? She loves beige and she hates the color red and dogs. <laughs> when she self-identified as beige, I was like, "That is a bold move." Because most people, like, even if you are personality beige, you don't usually admit it. <laughs> like, no. You think you're interesting, right? Right. Usually. Everyone thinks they're interesting, it, but <laughs> but I don't think that I don't think that Kenya really thinks that about herself but it also doesn't seem like a concern like she's just like i am who i am which is beautiful but also like brian wants to change her yeah yeah i don't know does he like her or does he like the changed version of her that he hopes to create good question but i also like personality beige as a description of a type of person and i will be using it (laughs) moving forward just like him (laughs) personality beige um we're done yeah but yeah, can we go through the ways that he is a shitty person? Because <laughs> he's often talking to her in a way that's very 
judgmental, condescending. He's doing the kind of like, you know, the the gaslighty thing of like, are you sure you're not just being paranoid? You're too uptight. People are being racist to you. Yeah. Oh, you need to relax. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. Okay. So, so this is the scene where I think they're like having takeout together in her house. He comments on all of her like walls and furniture and everything being so beige. Did I ask you? Yeah, I hate it. When yeah, and that. and he's like, when are you gonna paint? When are you gonna bring some color in here? Colors are exciting and bold. And she's like, well, I'm not bold. <laughs> I'm boring. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, I don't even think you know who you are. You haven't taken the time to get to know yourself because you're always working. You don't know me. It's Excuse you. Frustrating. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sir, he's very like, I don't know. Yeah, he's very like, thinks he knows her way better than he does uh, immediately. Yeah. Which she pushes back on. She's like, yeah, yeah you don't know me. But I, I, I guess I was having trouble getting into my 2006 brain in certain moments where I'm like, how am I supposed to feel about her in this moment? Because it's obvious that like the script and the movie are very on her side. We are seeing things generally through her perspective. So I don't think at any point you're supposed to be like, I don't like her, but there's moments where I'm like, are we supposed to think she's being unreasonable right now by like telling Brian who's telling her who she is and like what she should do? Like, I feel like we were supposed to think, oh, she's been, she needs to loosen up because Mm -hmm. look at this, look at this Brian. And you're like, "Ah, I don't know. They do that from the very beginning when she does look at her calendar and it's just thing after thing after thing. They're like, wow, look how uptight this bitch is. Instead of like, she's important and busy. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Right. Just like a genre wide trope of like it reminded me of a movie i barely remember but it's like the strongest i've ever felt this trope the sandra bullock two weeks notice where she's like i'm i need to be forced to be married because i'm at i'm so at work and you're just like (laughs) yeah the the trope of a woman can't have a romantic life because she already has a job yeah you can't have both and you got to be a little worse at your job so that men will like you because they're not going to like you as this confident successful woman no stop that that's gross stop it (sighs) you got to be less less dial it back (laughs) so a few moments later in this same conversation in the same scene he says something like i take it you don't date white guys and she says i happen to prefer black men it's not a prejudice it's a preference and then he responds with sure it's your preference to be prejudice brian first of all you can't be prejudiced or racist against the fucking oppressive class. Like, you can't. That is not how that works. And then he's like, oh, you're prejudiced because you don't right. like white people who have been actively oppressing you for your entire <laughs> life and all of existence. And then he does make this little face. He makes this. Oh, I just I went back and watched it again. He makes this. He makes this little face with, uh, that to me was like, he was like, I just blew her fucking mind. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, Brian. <laughs> There's two things going on there. There is like, I don't think it's great for you without any sort of background in it or knowledge to say like, oh, there's an entire race of people and I don't date them. I don't think that's great. But if most of your interactions do involve like, oh yeah, I explain what my life is as a woman of color. And they're like, maybe you're just being paranoid. I think that's like, if you are doing something besides that then yes maybe she should consider you but why should she consider you if you don't think her experience is valid why should she consider you which he does all the time right constantly his whole thing is here's how you are but here's how you should be 
And when you say anything, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to believe you. I'm not going to validate anything. And it's like, why would she want that? But yeah, but uh, she does apparently because they get married at the end. They do. (laughs) They do. She says, I can be diminished for the rest of my life. But you know what? It's worth it because I had a day. I had a day where I wore a fancy dress and it means that I'm valid, baby. We're doing this. For all for the for the roast of Brian and partially Kenya's personality <laughs> that we're about to unleash, I will say the the freeze frame shot this movie ends on, what a beautiful picture. They really are both so hot, and you're just like, wow, they're attractive people. That's a picture that I would scroll past on Instagram and be like, I want what they have. <laughs> I get it, but also, is that the piece that I'm missing? Because the only thing I think they have in common is that they are hot. <laughs> they are both hot people. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's a classic rom-com. Is that all it takes? <laughs> You're like, two sexies okay. equals uh, one two sexy <laughs> Two sexies who are geographically near each other equals love. Ha- I guess. According to rom-coms. <laughs> yeah, outside of that, what do they have in common? <laughs> yeah, they don't. What do they like? He likes hiking. He likes gardening. He likes his dog. She doesn't like any of those things. Nope. She likes the dog by the end. Right. That is the change. That's the one change. Which I think is a mistake. You're letting a dog in your house like this. I'm sorry. I know you both feel differently, but uh, no, that's gross. Get that kid Kenny out of there. He hates animals. <laughs> that <laughs> dirty, filthy animal that like walks right by its own shit. Are you kidding me? And it's going to walk with its bare paws? But look at Max. He's cute. I was like, she bought a house in Los Angeles. Like, you you can't let anyone. First of all, I was I, I was really, I was like, wow, she must be making good money as accountant mm. yes. partner. <laughs> and and it's cool that they, like, and, uh, I don't know. There are parts of this movie I liked where it's like, you see uh, that most of the movie happens in like Baldwin Hills and you see like historically yeah. black areas of LA mm-hmm. that aren't shown in movies a lot and like that part and then and then her house is so cute and then I was like yeah don't let uh, especially like a new boyfriend's big stinky dog I like dogs but only if it's mine <laughs> <laughs> and like shout out Sonny if it's yours it shouldn't be at the house if it's mine it's <laughs> gotta be at the house <laughs> wow wow yeah I, a brave stance to take (laughs) but to your point i did that's one thing that i the reason why i bought this movie the reason why i've seen this movie several times is because it did have a lot of things in it that i hadn't seen before so like i lived in los angeles for a period of time i hadn't seen baldwin hills represented in this way i hadn't Mm -hmm. seen a movie where it was like four black professional women Mm -hmm. like doing stuff i hadn't seen a lot of that before so in that way for me it was i'm sorry something new but uh now i do think that stuff is dated yeah 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 for sure but yeah you do see representation of characters and situations you don't normally see especially for this era like a main character who is a black woman with like a white collar job she's rich she's successful all of her black friends and her family members have white collar jobs they're doctors they're lawyers they're judges she knows her worth as a professional mm-hmm. even though other people around her are constantly questioning it like that client guy but like she knows her value she never like questions it she knows her skills uh as it relates to her as an accountant at bippity boppity boop the accounting Although i i did feel like at the end what did what did y'all think about this where at the end she stands up for herself at work and it's like 
a good scene and you're like, okay, she got what she wanted out of that. Like she is going to have this job on her own terms and she's going to have two days off a month. Wow. <laughs> and that she's was a huge like, win for yeah, her. Yeah, look at oh her advocating for herself. She has 48 <laughs> hours with which to be a human being. The rest, you guys own. Okay. She really girl bossed her way out of that one. Uh, but, I, but I felt like Again, like I was trying to figure out, I was like, how does the movie want me to feel in this moment? I felt like it was like, wow, because of Brian's love, I'm able to stand up for myself now, which doesn't even track with their relationship. Like, <laughs> it just was like, yeah, I guess that this is what happens in 2006 rom-coms at this point. But it's like, I liked the read of that scene where she's like spent a lot of the movie figuring out what she wants and what she doesn't want and like what she will accept as treatment and what she won't, even though accepting brian makes no sense um if your standards are are raising yeah throughout the movie but mm-hmm. i don't know i felt like it was like oh and because brian's dick taught me so much i can now <laughs> stand up for myself at accountants and it i, I don't know but i couldn't tell no i, I, I do that's a magical dick i feel yeah. like that that makes me not question that you don't believe my experience that's a magical that's I don't think I've had dick that does that. <laughs> no, I've I've yet dick that makes you feel confident. Interesting. But I agree with you, Jamie, as far Are as Are you like... Googling that the way that you said that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking something up on <laughs> Girlfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but I'm, I know what you mean. I think that that is the intention of the movie. Like he broke her out of her shell. Like he he does the whole Jack Dawson thing to Rose, where it's like, yeah, I am a free spirit, and I am helping you to open up. Blah blah blah. Even though she has her friends to do that, whatever. But mm-hmm. going back to the part that feels dated to me about like this representation of these like rich and successful black people is that that is accompanied by a lot of classism. Where, like, Donald Faison's like, oh, I'm not going to shake hands with him. He's the help. Yeah. Cheryl, her uh, Kenya's friend, starts dating Mike Epps, who is, I'm not exactly sure his job. I don't know if he's, like, a fancy chef or if he's, like, a line cook. I don't Everyone's know. Everyone's job is unclear in this movie. Yes. But she perceives him to be lower class because she's like, oh, how come the only guys who like me are the ones, like, wearing an apron and a name tag? Or a name tag, yes. They end up getting together and I think getting married. But I guess what I'm saying is I think there could have been a more interesting intersectional approach to this just kind of, like, romance and just like interpersonal relationships in general Mm -hmm. but they are classist in a way that I tend to associate more with rich white people I mean anyone can be classist point is I think that those characters attitudes would be handled differently if this movie came out today yes I 100% agree because I think we do have more class consciousness and it is very frustrating um I was raised, of course, not only in a black home, but a religious black home. And like a lot of my family is still Republican. But there is this very deep tie to, no, we are going to prove racist wrong by out capitalisting them. <laughs> so mm. we're going to we're like if we have more money, we would show that we are valuable and that we are not the thing that racists think we are. If we do this elaborate charade which is what castilians are where it's like Mm -hmm. we're like society too if we can do this just as well like we're 
And I'm like, let's step away from that. Maybe we have value uh, because we're human beings. <laughs> we don't have to have value because we're wealthy. Right. It's a frustrating thing that they do. And I think specifically in the early 2000s where it's like, okay, we want to show black people, but we don't want to fall into stereotypes. So all of them have to be kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. All of them have to be professional. All of them have to have money. All of them have to be in this way because that shows we've advanced versus that shows some really flat characters like Kenya. <laughs> like, right. That's how you get. I love beige. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. And I don't necessarily like blame the characters for having that kind of mindset of being yeah. like, we yeah. have to be like the richest people in the community to prove our worth because yes. we've all been brainwashed by capitalism. And certainly in 2006, like there was not that much challenging of, of class at least in the mainstream exactly yeah. i'm thinking of uh paris hilton wearing a shirt that says stop being poor and that was like oh God. what 2006 was about yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I i get why that happened yeah because yeah. we were all poisoned by the sickness that is capitalism but but yeah i'm glad that we are stepping away from that to some degree <laughs> yay fingers crossed and and when you when you like put the the sort of like the race and class intersection of this movie the way you just did can you say, it, it's weird because it's like it ha- I don't know I'm like maybe it just is the time that this was written and released in because it's not like this movie isn't set up to have that discussion it's just like because this movie is trying to have a lot of discussions mm-hmm. you know to varying degrees of success as we're talking about but like I think it's like cool and like ambitious and different of like a lot of the conversations this movie is at least attempting, but like class isn't really one of them. And I feel like in certain moments it's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know it in a way that felt like, I think I understand what the writer's going for, but it just kind of came off a little flat because you know, it's like Brian does have less money than Kenya. It doesn't seem to generally bother him. But there is one scene where they're arguing about race. And it's also like, this is unrelated, but that scene is very blue. Um, I was like, why is this scene so blue? <laughs> Grocery store lighting is famously so blue. blue. So blue. It was very music video lighting. So you're like, it's blue. Um, but they're arguing at the at the pharmacy in the scene where I hate Brian maybe the most, where mm-hmm. he is saying like, Ugh, can we not talk about race today? I just need the night off. And like, you're just like... <laughs> Wow, strike 500 for Brian. Um, <laughs> but he sort of brings up, he brings up class briefly in that discussion of like, well, mm-hmm. I don't bring up class all the time and sort of equating these issues. And it's like, it, it, it feels like class is almost brought up as like, well, Brian's really oppressed too. And it's like, well, no, being a middle class white guy, yeah. like, is he's he's not. Like, but... It felt like the the movie would sometimes try to approach a discussion like that, but then mm-hmm. it never quite like even started the conversation. So I don't even know how it really felt. I honestly felt the same way about gender not being woven into the conversation. That interesting to me. I feel like the, the women feel oppressed only because it's like no one loves me. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have a boyfriend. Uh, their oppression is that they aren't getting dates. That's yeah. their oppression. Yeah. <laughs> um, Interesting. I mean, I think it's open to interpretation. But uh, for example, like when she's talking to that client in the recap, I was like, he's racist and also probably sexist. But like, oh, yeah. it seems like she was only ever 
speaking about him undervaluing her because she's black and not because she's a black woman even mm. though this guy's probably sexist also yes um because right. he is trusting of only white men right it's like not like i was i was kind of confused of where the not that i like wanted more of her but i was kind of confused why we would introduce the character leah if because i thought that was like oh maybe this is going to be a character of like how is a white woman treated in this um, right work setting versus a black woman but you never kind of see you only see leah worrying about her wedding dress at work that's it and then i because don't think you see her at work again what does she do <laughs> i don't know is she accountant too yeah we like, don't, i don't know, know. she because- had an office she did probably (laughs) because the women in this story aside from kenya we don't see them in the context of what they're actually doing for work Mm -hmm. nope we only know of them as they relate to their relationships with men yeah so i do think this is not an excuse for the movie but i do (laughs) this is not a new test that exists there are so many tests for movies out there but (laughs) uh, i do i run a, a it's a what would my mom say, Tess? Okay. <laughs> okay. If a movie has too many ideas going on, I think people like within our age range and younger are like, yes, we get all these. But my mom would be like, what was that thing about that other? Like, I thought the story was about this one thing so that I know this one thing. Mm, but yeah. then you added some other stuff in there. I don't know. What are we talking about now? So I will say that. It just having one thing that it's talking about <laughs> right. does lean it towards the passing, the will my mom like this test, okay. the my mom test. Nice. Yes. Well, yeah, and I also like want to be like aware of like the fact that when movies are made by people marginalized in any way, there's always additional pressures of like, you need to be saying this, this, and this, and like... Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of that problem of like, why didn't this movie attack every Everything. single intersectional issue that black right. women face? Why? It's like, well, shut up. You don't ask that of most movies. Um, I think that like the reason, and also like listeners, if you disagree with the approach, like let us know. I, I, I think that the reason that it feels very relevant to this movie is because it seems to be this movie's agenda. But yes, mm-hmm. I agree with you, Kenise, and and your mom's theoretical opinion <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of of like it seems like possibly like Chris Turner was like I need to choose you know what am I going to focus on and she chooses sure. you know race specifically to focus on. But I do, but, I, but it's like there was definitely room and and kind of like the characters were there yeah. to talk a little more about gender. Mm-hmm. I would love for one of them to have a passion, just a just single passion. <laughs> Yes, And there were a few things set up at the beginning of this movie that I feel like kind of fell to quote my favorite song from A Star Is Born, By The Way Aside, because of Brian. And I know that he's romantically in the rom-com, whatever. But it's like at the beginning, you set up that Kenya is an inherently optimistic character, which kind of seems to go away. And then you also set up this like friendship, this very 2000s friendship dynamic. And as weird as that friendship dynamic is, and it's like the four women, I, you know, that could be a really fun dynamic to watch. But the movie kind of bails on that also. And then they kind of only come back to be like, come on, give Brian a chance or depending on the needs of the scene come on give Blair Underwood a chance like yeah what I, so they kind of bail on the girlfriend slash sex in the city slash living single setup that we get at the beginning and I kind mm-hmm. of I was bummed about that I wanted more of it yeah and I wanted more it's like you hired 
Alfre Woodard. Yeah. And you and then you did nothing with her. Come and on. And you gave the big speech to the dad. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Just when you said that, I was like, okay, new reality show, guys. And this idea, don't steal it, anyone who's listening. But <laughs> it's, it's a competition for four person friend group okay and we've got people different contestants vying for the different roles we've got to have one horny one we've got to have one uptight one we've got to have like all these different like one pragmatic one it's the it's the ninja turtles yes group like four types (gasps) of people are all represented in the ninja turtles and they're often represented in these friend groups as well so yeah competition show (laughs) love it i'm like do, do the four friends exist for Men as my, I guess Ninja, Ninja Turtles falls into it. I don't think they value friendship. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, know, I, don't, men, I don't think they do that. <laughs> do men have friend groups? <laughs> what? <laughs> that aren't just like, this is cheese. This is cheese too. We went to college together. That's as much as we've talked about it. That's it. <laughs> and then I feel like the permutation of that that was in like kids media that I was really into in the 2000s were like the three friends, the two mm-hmm. girls and the one guy. And you had, and then you had to end up with... Or the two guys and the one girl. I mean, yeah. sure. Because you have Harry Potter setups versus Lizzie McGuire setups. Oh, okay. It's all making sense uh-huh. in my head. There's Venn diagrams mm-hmm. coming together. I'll release my charts. I was thinking Dawson, Pacey, Joey, but yeah. Yes, yes. The three, yeah. the three friends, but that's the teenage <laughs> setup. Once mm-hmm. you're an adult, all the friends need to identify as the same gender, and they, yes. you can't remember how they met. No, that's you not can important. make one more. What friend. we do? What do we do together? We drink together. That's it. What are you talking yeah, about? We all have a Cosmo we go glass to bars and we order cocktails. Oh. <laughs> I did love it. Was um, there? There's. I just love the amount of um, gigantic wine glasses in yeah. this genre. But it was reminding me of like my days of watching too much Scandal, where she was drinking Olivia Pope sized yep. um, wine. Like I just, you're yeah. like. Generally, you don't fill the wine glass to the top, but no. in, in in rom-coms, you do. You do. And then you talk to your dad on the phone. Did you guys ever see the girl, at the woman in the window across the street from the girl in the house or something like that? Yes, like, I don't remember the full title. It was a long title. Yeah. But Kristen Bell has like a glass of wine and she empties an entire bottle of wine into <laughs> the glass and just walks around like delicately holding this absolutely <laughs> massive completely full glass of wine that's what all of these movies need i support it i really appreciate the rom-com pour <laughs> it's a heavy yes. pour if i open a restaurant i'm not saying i will but i would have that on the menu uh-huh. it would be you can have a size like a regular or a rom-com pour which is just like a huge mm. glass of wine oh yeah my God. you have so many good ideas you got this reality show yeah this mm-hmm. wine bar slash restaurant yep hire me um i can try to make these things <laughs> or i can just generate dumb ideas for you until the day you die yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want to go back to that grocery store scene because i feel like Kenya's giving a couple it's like a back and forth but there are a few chunks where she's like kind of monologuing and I felt it was she was like providing effective commentary and it felt like this was like kind of the scene that like the movie was like this is what we want to say but then also not because she gets married with him after like barely apologizing so I don't know it's confusing but she says things like after Brian is like I don't want to talk about this tonight it makes me feel uncomfortable and she says First of all, you don't have to talk about being white because no one reminds you every day that you're white. The only time you guys know you're white is when you're in a room full of black people. 
I'm in a world full of white people and every day they remind me that I'm black. And if I can't talk to you about my frustrations, if I'm supposed to just keep that to myself. And then he interrupts her and is like, well, you're a senior manager at one of the whitest firms in the country. You graduated these like Ivy League schools. You own a home. You earn more money than 98% of the country. He's, he's like, no, I'm oppressed. And you're like, oh, no, Brian, you're that. not. Shut up, Brian. Yeah. And then he's like, you make more money than me. So, yeah, tell me about your frustrations. He's like being very sarcastic. And then she says, you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear about when I show up at an account meeting, they always have to regroup when they find out that I'm the one who is responsible for their multi-million dollar acquisition. They'd rather trust it to a file clerk who gets me my goddamn coffee again, some more classism um, <laughs> because he's white. And do you know how insulting that is? And then she goes on to say, you know, I need to be able to talk to you about this stuff I'm not going to keep it to myself or deny who I am. He says, all I wanted was a night off. And she says, well, that's what being black is, Brian. You don't get a night off. And he's like, well, and then he, oh. and then he says, <laughs> I'm never going to be on the right side of the war going on in your head. To me, implying like this is all in her head. Mm. Brian mm. is constantly mm. calling her hysterical for experiencing systemic racism. It's Truly. In I can't stand Brian. <laughs> and then so he's like, you know what? I I'm never going to be on the right side of this because I'm not black and I'm never going to be black. Also, after what? A couple of conversations, you've decided there's no more I could learn. I'm done and therefore I'll never get to the point where I understand other people or what they're going through. I can't. It's not possible. And it's unreasonable for you to expect me to do these things. Right. And the fact this, and then he later says, he's like, I'm sorry. Like he does apologize, but he's like, I'm sorry. Someone left work. <sighs> and, and I was like, so you did that? Like, yes. So that was your response? Uh -huh. I was having a bad day, so. Hey, if anyone walks off the job again, you're going to have to deal with it. Just so you know what our marriage is going to be like. <laughs> you're gonna, that's going to be onto you. I'm going to say some racist shit, but it's because I had a hard day. <laughs> that's right. It's fine. When I have a hard day, I get the night off from discussing racism with my girlfriend who's experiencing racism on a constant basis. Seems yep, reasonable. Yep, 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 yep. And then at the end of that scene, the scene where he comes to her house and apologizes, he says, like, to be fair, he says, like, I may not always relate, but I can promise I will empathize. Right. But then he says, it would be a shame to let something so superficial get in our way as if racism is superficial that felt to me I, i'm curious okay if i was let me know if we were reading this the same way it felt like there was a very like of the era color metaphor being made with brian's arc and story specifically where he's like saying very surface level but it's like he's using like kind of sesame street logic that is true <laughs> but ignores the complicated issues that I thought this movie was supposed to be about where he's like, it's just the color of your skin. And you're like, yes, that is the Sesame street lesson. But Kenya is talking we about live in a society <laughs> living in a society. And this isn't Sesame street, but then there are like Sesame street, like where he's like, you need more color in your life. Like there's all these like color metaphors yes. and Brian's constantly bringing them up. And I never really know what he's talking about. And, it, and then he's like, telling her she's kind of being hysterical and so it doesn't quite it never really 
scans that like whatever the it was doing, polish? it didn't quite work for me. Yeah, the nail. Oh, yeah, the nail polish. The nail polish scene. He okay. We don't know what he's talking about at first, and he says, "I know you're sensitive about color, but we can just keep this a little secret." And you think maybe he's talking about their relationship and her being quote unquote sensitive about color, referring to race. But then he's like, ha ha ha, I'm painting your toenails red. Yes. And <laughs> like fake out. And like, that's obviously the joke. Also, was he good at this? I'm sorry. That was like, like, right. Has he painted a lot of toes before? Because no. otherwise he'd be, he's going to be bad at it and you're going to have to get rid of it. <laughs> like, Right, I'm he's so on sorry. Wiki Feet. Can he is he's on Wiki Feet? He's a complicated <laughs> he's man. Okay, okay. He, yeah. he, he's been practicing. Okay, fair, 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 fair. <laughs> and that, like, I mean, that, like, it just feels like muddled metaphors because that, like, works as a bad rom com metaphor of like you need like because that's like a lot of how I feel like we convince ourselves that like a professional woman should be with a crummy guy of like I open your <laughs> mind to like fun. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's mm-hmm. so I, I don't know why Knocked Up is the first movie that jumped to my mind of like, yeah, sure. I fucking suck. But like, <laughs> aren't I a good time? You're too uptight. So love me. Yeah. More color, more fun. But because their story is so based in race as well. And like the mess, the, the lessons they're learning are supposed to be grounded there. It just gets really like muddled and can, I don't know. It wasn't scanning for me quite right i appreciate that there is a rom-com that tries to tackle this subject matter yeah again there had been very few before this and honestly not that many since um that directly address the tension that comes with being in an interracial relationship again the way this movie addresses it does feel very of the time but I imagine that it let a lot of people feel seen and represented or like let their relationship feel seen on screen. And like we talk about stepping stone movies all the time where it's like if this movie hadn't come out, who knows what wouldn't have been made or like because this movie was well received and it seems to be a pretty well loved movie. Like what did it make possible for it to be made, you know, outside of that? So I feel like, you know, it's like it's 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 net good. And it also I don't know, I was just even with like the precise setting of this movie and also with some of the themes of interracial relationships. I was like, oh, a lot of this is actually like similar themes are touched on uh, in a better modern way in like the later seasons of Insecure. Mm-hmm. I mean, but again, it's like if you can think of that few examples, like maybe there's yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty that I just don't I didn't personally obsessively consume. But, you know, it's like it's an underexplored topic but at least it's nice to know it's been explored uh, better since yeah Mm -hmm. yes i was trying to think of a more delicate word than better (laughs) i'm sure it exists i think it i think better is great yeah (laughs) i want to talk briefly about mark the blair underwood character mostly to say that (laughs) mark's such a dud every a lot of rom-coms have this guy the other guy who's not as cool (laughs) the flop Mm -hmm. there was like a a movie where michael showalter is directed it where it's like the steve or the something but it's the guy who gets left at the altar it's the guy who gets left yeah i i don't know about this movie wait it's called oh my gosh what is it called the only joke i remember from it if we're thinking about the same movie is 
a guy is talking to a woman and he's like, oh, I'll have my intern's assistant's intern's assistant <laughs> call you <laughs> to schedule a date. And I was like, that's such a funny joke. But that's the wow, only thing I remember. Yeah. The back, the Baxter. Yes. Oh, yes. That's yes. Not the same a Baxter movie. is the nice dull guy in a romantic comedy who is dumped at the end of the story for the protagonist. Yes. I've never heard of this. This is a fun concept. I wonder. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it. Maybe I'm thinking. What's the movie with Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd? They came together. Yes. Maybe oh, I'm thinking yeah. of that movie. Also, I'm one of those sure. guys. Yeah. Is that Showalter? Or is it somebody who was in that crew? Oh, the know. one of those maybe a David Wayne, perhaps. Oh, yeah, yeah. those the state people. Yeah, yeah, the state. I don't know. Yeah, all of those movies are like all muddled in my brain. Um, no, wait, that was Showalter. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that was Showalter too. Okay, it might even be him that says the joke I'm thinking of, but that might not be the movie I'm thinking of. I don't know. Michael Showalter anyway. is like loves to comment on rom com tropes. I wonder why. Why is that? We should have him on the show. Yeah, get him on, <laughs> Michael Showalter. <laughs> Explain yourself. Seems unusual for a man, yeah. but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here for <laughs> let's, it. Let's chat. Yeah. Um, Mark, though, Blair Underwood, he tells a story to Kenya's parents about how he lied to her in order to trick her into hanging out with him as if it's a super cute story. That does happen. And then though. her mom is also like, that is so cute. Yes. Thankfully, Kenya breaks up with him right after that scene. But I was like, oh, I mean, but Mark. it's like I've been in relationships where like, especially, you know, if you go far back enough, I was like, I was in relationships in college where like the way that we started dating was like presented as this big joke. And then you repeat it back to yourself. Now you're like, that was fucking horrible. But were people not <laughs> yeah. like, oh, or like every story about how grandparents meet is like the most horrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. Yes. It's an attack. There's a wonderful I think it's like click hole or the onion article about that but yes we were like that's a crime now grandma don't don't like that mm, <laughs> right stop like he followed me for 47 blocks until i agreed to go out with yeah. him <laughs> he My, slowly wore me down until i had no will to live and then that's why your grand your mother exists yeah <laughs> my grandparents met via cat calling i think i've told that story on the show yeah. before though but yeah uh, um horrifying. my grandfather leaned out the window of his car and was like because my grandma was walking her baby sister in like a, a carriage. And then he was like, hey, is that your baby? And she was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> then, then he was like, let's go out oh, tonight. Because I want to put one in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Scary. two months later, he did or something. I don't know. Oh, um, God. I, well, I, 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 I haven't checked their fuck math. They're dead. I can't ask. <laughs> um but, but I did appreciate, okay, getting back to the movie, I did appreciate that that was framed as a negative thing to have done yes. in 2006. Because I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't necessarily expect that in a movie of this era. True. I liked when she was like, he is a black man. He knows something about black hair, hopefully. So for him to say, I like your hair better this way in the weave mm. is like, huh. Okay, I get the measure of this man. No, thank you. Um, and I did, I felt connected to that. I liked that. Mm. Mm. Meanwhile, Brian, in that scene where he's like, how does your hair work? I don't know. Yeah. Brian. And she gets upset. And then he says, sorry if I offended you. I just want to know what you look like completely naked. <gasps> <I'm>... <gasps> oh. Shut up. Are you joking my ass, Brian? Shut up. <laughs> 
it's like comical. I don't know. Like the, they they framed it like it's a good thing that he said that. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, but no. And then in the next scene, she goes and gets her weave taken out, as if she's like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. he was right. I shouldn't have." Do you guys this. know how much weaves are? That's an expensive proposition. Just on one, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll we'll talk as like the next cycle," because like this is like a a time period commitment, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of this time period commitment, I might consider that. But to go and get it cut out, did you just get it done? That's so much, that's like wasting so much money. Mm-hmm. That's a process. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like, I mean, and this seems specifically aggressive because it's, he does not fucking know what he's talking about and mm-hmm. he doesn't have interest in really knowing what he's talking about. But I really don't like when in any partnership, but it's like usually a man to a woman, when they're, it's like a racialized extension of like the the like you look so much better without makeup or like how I like to look at you and how I tell you you're beautiful is how you're most beautiful that's the way you should do it if you feel beautiful and it happens to involve something that I don't like then that's not how you're beautiful and it's like well then you don't respect me stop (laughs) I think that he thought he was like oh I I want to see you as you are but it's like no see her however she wants she's comfortable being seen you fucking loser (laughs) brian i swear to god maybe brian gets better i've over time like in the way that like some people we know have gotten better on issues hopefully maybe brian gets better but as brian stands in 2006 he's not he needs to step it up not enough no really a lot yeah but then and then it's like it's presented as, and this often does happen, but like the burden is on her to educate him. Yeah. Right. And to which, make the changes. He's not changing his house layout. He's not getting his hair redone. He keeps bringing his dog inside. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't like fucking dogs. Stop bringing your dog around. Yeah. Right. You mm-hmm. live somewhere. Put it where you live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's her, it's her burden to, to educate him and to yeah. make him aware of all of this stuff that he's like willfully or generally ignorant of so that's a burden she has the burden to like accommodate his standards and oh i i fine i'll paint my walls because you think i should be not liking beige yeah fine i'll take out my weave because you want to see me with my natural hair all this stuff it's frustrating she should not accommodate any of that the burden should not have to be on her to educate him about all this stuff also okay I did laugh at the scene where she, so she tells him about the black tax and he's like, Oh, I never thought about that. Oh, I know. Yeah. Next scene is the housewarming party she has that she has because he's like, yeah, you look like you need to relax. Shut up, Brian. But he's going around. It's, it's mostly black people at the party. You can tell that he like feels out of place and he's like trying to, I don't know, make friends. Mike Epps yells at him because he's like, you're stealing my barbecue secrets. And so he goes over to another group of guys who were saying something like, oh, that wouldn't have happened if it was a white guy. That white guy would have gotten promoted. And then he tries to, Brian tries to chime in and be like, oh, are you guys talking about the black tax? And they're just like, what? Who are you? Leave us alone. <laughs> like, also, I love the idea here. that at a black party, the only thing we talk about is black stuff. <laughs> it's a black party, so we talk about black stuff. You know, you get it. You get it. You get it. <laughs> yeah. I did think it was very funny how, like, you know, everyone starts teasing him and making fun of him for because that was really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And 
but then it's like this scene kind of leaves you being like oh man brian's not fitting in like well maybe if he was being less fucking weird there is <laughs> of a loser also in a situation like that just shut up and listen brian yeah you need to learn things clearly so shut up and learn yeah and listen i i did appreciate i mean it's like that there was with the people in kenya's life there was kind of like a spectrum of how people felt about brian yeah where some people were like brian you know is it mike Epps is like the the cook character right yeah yeah mm. walter so i feel like he was generally on brian's side because it was like more of like a class solidarity thing of like he's a working guy i like him and then but her he did friends it at were, first yeah he had to come around on right so it's like you like the people in her life are like thinking brian is a prospect to different degrees mm -hmm. and so there is she is like surrounded by different opinions about it but i guess just none of the opinions quite made sense to me because brian sucks <laughs> the one that did track the most for me was when her friends are like you're not gonna marry him except she does but like yeah. before that happens they're like if he can dick you down who cares if he's white you're not gonna marry him just get it while it's there <laughs> i appreciated that but but that was one of the only things we knew about Kenya, really, is that she didn't want a casual relationship. She wanted a serious relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Any other thoughts about <laughs> the movie? I would like to see another movie by this director because, again, I do like those music video, like, very visual touches. Uh, and I would like to see what she does with them in another environment, hopefully, that is a little bit more up to date mm -hmm. yeah i would like to see if she hasn't she's directed three movies and then i think just kind of like really leaned into tv tv i'm sure i've seen she did she did an episode of glee she did that she she did like a sherlock adaptation mm. i would love to see another movie from her yeah because she hasn't directed a movie since 2010 did anyone see the movie just right oh it's another rom-com with queen mm. latifah in common I missed that one. I did a long time ago, but I haven't seen it probably since it came out. Yeah, I've never seen it. Well, the time has come for another movie. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. I'm prepared. Good. <laughs> I'll tell her. She's my friend. Please let Thank her you. know. Please let her know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and also please let her know that I really, uh, the super bass music video was really important to me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, does the movie pass the Bechtel test? It does. It does. A bunch of different times. Not thoroughly, but a bunch of different times. <laughs> the women do talk about men a lot. They do. But yeah, there's a few exchanges here and there. But it would pass more if we had a better understanding of their friendship, for example. Yes. The four friends. What do they like to do together besides have like Galentine's Day drinks? Because <laughs> I think the night that they meet up, it's Valentine's Day. It's Galentine's Day. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. But then and the whole time they're just like, oh, we're unmarried. We wish we were with men and not with you losers. <laughs> <laughs> right. But again, if we, yeah, if we had... I was hoping for more scenes with them and just like getting a sense of their friendship. But when they are together, pretty much they only talk about men. But yeah, there are little exchanges here and there that pass. Yeah. I wish that again. And it's like, I guess we've said this a few times, but for the, for the final time, I really wish that um, the mother daughter relationship could have been used more For effectively sure. and in a less boring way but yeah what can you do i guess you could do something but 
he didn't. <laughs> you could do something. This time. Write a different movie. Yeah. Um, that's the exactly. yeah, it's a lot of her mom kind of criticizing her or being like, when are you getting married? Or, oh, you might be getting married to Blair Underwood. Oh my gosh, pop the champagne. She was and like, it's like crying. And it's she like, a, are you going to congratulate her for making partner at her yeah. firm? <laughs> oh, oh. And then the way Donald Faison said, the doctor and the missus. I was like, mm-hmm. does she, do, what does she do? Does she have, does she have jobs? Does she have a job? We don't know. We don't know. Not important. Not know. important. Doctor and the missus. She goes shopping. Yes. She likes shopping. Um, our nipple scale, a scale yes. of zero to five nipples based on examining the movie through an intersectional feminist lens. I would give this, I'll give it a 2.5 because I think that for the time, it's attempting to have a conversation that a lot of movies and rom-coms especially were not attempting to make. It was representation on screen of things that you don't often see in mainstream movies, such as an interracial relationship where wherein the tension that wherein. often comes... Yeah, I have a master's degree. Sorry, I just wanted to um, <laughs> let you know that I thank, heard thank that. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, that's yeah. why I said it. Um, <laughs> but the tension that often derives from an interracial relationship, especially one where one of the people is a white person with a lot of white privilege, I think it explores that relationship dynamic in interesting ways that feel authentic but I don't think that Brian redeems himself after the shitty things he says or that he demonstrates enough growth for her to take him back at all. And making it seem like the choice was between Brian and Blair Underwood when she simply could have continued looking for someone that she liked. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. Why does she love Brian? Also her speech at the end where she's just like... I think they tried to tell us why she loved Brian. Well, she's like... that self? You haven't showed us? Yeah. Well, that, yeah and <laughs> she's like, yeah, you probably think I'm neurotic and, and ridiculous and blah, 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 all this stuff. But you Oof. let me be that way. I feel myself around you. And it's like, he doesn't let you be that way. He's been trying to change you the whole movie. What are you even talking about? He made you change your house and your hair and your like life attitude. Yeah, right. <laughs> so not sure. Yeah. But I think it's doing enough stuff that was like, again, feels groundbreaking for the time that I'll do like a split down the middle. 2.5 nipples. I will give one to Sanaa Lathan because I, not her character in this movie because she's really so (laughs) bland and beige. But as a performer, as an actor, I love her a lot. Um, I'll I'll split between Sanaa Hamri, the director, and Chris Turner, the screenwriter of the movie, and I will give my 0.5 nipple to Max the dog because he's a cute golden retriever. <laughs> and he's nice. Um, I'm tempted. I, yeah, I guess I'll go down the middle. I'm like tempted to give it like half a nipple higher only because it's like for its time. Again, like not just an underexplored topic in movies, but like in this genre specifically. Mm-hmm. I guess outside of Guess Who, for some reason, 2006 <laughs> theater year. But that's like more of a comedy than a rom-com. Either way. Yeah. Either way. It feels... I, I, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it exists. I don't know that I'll be like returning to it super often mm. because I just really don't like Brian. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I, I weirdly don't even 
super duper mind that Kenya's kind of boring. I don't know. I for some reason I can deal with a boring character, but I can't I can't <laughs> deal with Brian. Brian really bugs me and I feel like because of for like modern audiences at least the rom-com tropes associated with Brian which is like I accept you as you are except change everything about yourself and like <laughs> yeah I'm I'm not listening but I'm totally listening babe like that kind of stuff undercuts what this movie's potential was which was like if it, if it was like illustrating like an emotionally healthy and equitable interracial relationship that would have been so cool I just don't think that that's the relationship that we got here right and so that is ultimately a bummer but I really um like all the creatives involved like I, I I like that this collaboration happened. It would be cool to see them work together again, this writer and director, mm-hmm. and put Sanan Lathan in it again. Let's do it. Let's let's take to it. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll go two and a half. I'm tempted to give it three. And I guess uh, whoever's editing the Wikipedia these days, you could just kind of choose whatever feels right for you. Um, ultimately, <laughs> wow, if you power. someone. If someone wants to take you on a first date at a busy Starbucks, it's probably not the person for you. No. And also fire the friend that orchestrated that, which she did yes. say. Like, she did say, like, what the fuck was she thinking? <laughs> Leah. <laughs> yeah. I'll split my nipples, however the math shakes out, between um, the beige wall and the aquamarine wall. Wow. <laughs> There's two kinds of walls in this world. Yeah. Famously. Yeah. Nice. Kenise, how about you? Uh, I'm going to give it three because I think it's important to remember that this came out the same year as Crash. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah. when it comes to a, a conversation about race, this is way better than that. <laughs> yes. Fair. <laughs> this, is, this doesn't make me literally pull my hair out. Um, so I'm going to give it three and I'm going to give one to the musical sequence where they're watching a dance and Kenya is getting horny. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give yeah. one nipple to the scene where Simon Pegg is digging up earth and we're getting lots of close-ups of rippling muscles. Simon. Oh, Simon Baker. No, Simon Baker, yeah. You said Simon Pegg. I was like, oh, what? Well, could have been. <laughs> what a movie it would have been. If- that was, yeah, that was a different movie, different, different vibe entirely. It was a Star Trek. I don't want to get into it. Okay. And then... I want to give one full nipple to the little mariachi costume that he has on in the end. Because I know that that's supposed to be funny, but I was like, would smash. (laughs) So... He wears it well, except for the untucked in T-shirt that he the has. T- on yeah, the yeah, T-shirt was really t-shirt killing me. But his mm. butt looked good in those pants, and I think we've got to acknowledge that. That's I'm fine, fine. I'll do I it. I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball. <laughs> I I liked I liked seeing the. I did. I wasn't sure what they were talking about when she's like, "Do you know that guy?" I was like, "Why is he gonna come as well?" But it was like, "No, just steal his clothes. <laughs> steal yeah. his clothes. <laughs> cool. Cool. It's a suit. Oh. Technically, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah." Well, Kenise, thank you so much for coming back for a sixth Six appearance. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Let's make it seven. Let's I'll make do it, it seven. When do you want to do it? <laughs> Any Next week. Cool. Yeah. Meet, meet us at Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah. um, where can people follow you online? What would you like to plug? Tell us about your album. Sure, sure, sure. Et cetera. Okay, so you can follow me at Kenise Mobley on all the socials. I even signed up for 
Hive. I don't even know what people are using anymore. I'm on Twitter oh and Instagram and Facebook, and I guess Hive now. And soon, girlfoot.com. Girlfoot. What's it called? Girlfoot. Yeah, and yeah, TikTok. Girlfoot.com. Yeah, just they care about my numbers across all platforms so please follow me so that they're not like actually you suck and we decided based on your low follower accounts mm-hmm. okay so and then also if you like buying albums which my record company says that you should push people to do please buy mm-hmm. my album follow-up question put out by blonde medicine it's a it's a fun album it's been written up in a few places it just got showcased on ebony magazine yeah. uh, which we had Ebony come to the house every month, and it was always on our coffee table, so that's a big deal for me. But it was on some other list too, Pace Magazine, etc. Um, mm. So if you don't hate me here, you might <laughs> like me there. So a listen to us on Spotify. Endorsement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please, everyone loves you. Yes, that you is are. not true, but I appreciate you saying that. Thank well, you. Well, we love you. Thank I you, love thank you. you. Here thank you. on this Zoom call, you're universally <laughs> loved. Yay! Uh, and you can follow us at Bechtelcast on Twitter and Instagram and you can follow our Patreon it's Girlfoot Mm. Girlfoot Girlfoot sorry (laughs) Uh, you can follow our Patreon aka Patreon $5 a month will get you two additional episodes uh, from Caitlin and myself every month as well as access to over a hundred episodes of back catalog over there I think maybe even closer to 200 at this point Uh, Mm. this past month we did the Pinocchio Wars in which we covered all three and maybe even a fourth (laughs) adaptations of Pinocchio that have come out in the past calendar year it's true who knows why you know Italian icon Pinocchio he's back Mm. and I still find him so boring except (laughs) when he's played by Polly Shore and then, yeah, and then he's awesome. But father, so you can go over there for that, <laughs> or you can, or you, it's really funny. Um, okay, and, or you could go to uh, tpublic.com/slash the Bechtelcast for all, all of our amazing merchandise, including new designs we just released: feminist icon Paddington, mm. Shrekian, mm. and the Flubber Mambo by Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. And all of that can be found on our link tree so I, we got to plug the link tree more because there's so many other goodies there is the link tree well. something you plug i guess so. I, it is now i'm plugging it awesome all right well we're, we're <laughs> plugging it and uh hey don't forget let go let flow i'm about to go do that right into my toilet i have to pee so bad <laughs> i have to pee so bad too i've been waiting i was like i want to be polite but i have to pee so bad okay let's go let bye. it flow bye bye Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.